0: each child kind of shakes up the marriage and each subsequent child continues to shake it up and that it slowly will get better if you keep working at it. So Seth was like, so we just have to keep moving through it? And I'm like, yeah, we just have to keep moving through it. And he's like, he's the good person at that. He's the person that's like, we just got to keep fighting. And I'm like, but it's so hard. And he's like, we just keep moving. I'm like,
1: okay. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. Abby.
2: Today on the podcast, we have Shayla of Hey Shayla. I met Shayla through Instagram, and like most people, I became a very fast fan. As Shayla's blog reads, I'm a new mom who questions everything and supports every mama that makes decisions with love. I share what I'm learning along this wild freaking ride called motherhood. So we cannot wait to dive into all the things during this interview, but we would love it if you started by introducing yourself.
0: Hi. Um first, thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Um you and I connected over talking about our birth stories and that was amazing and it just I don't know, I, I just loved the vibe of everything. So I was excited that you asked me to be on here. I have a 1-year-old daughter. She's technically 13 and a half months or almost 14, whatever. I feel like i finally to the year mark where I can just say that instead of weeks or months. And I have a YouTube channel and I'm on Instagram and have a blog and do all of that stuff just to sort of try and share the real things that are happening because with COVID, I felt like everybody was stuck in their own little bubble and nobody had their auntie or friends to like help them through all of this. So I was like, man, I'm going to just share what I'm going through just to try and connect with as many people as I can in this super isolating time. So that's what I tried to do.
1: And Shayla, you totally do that. It's so comforting coming to your Instagram page and over on YouTube. First of all, you're funny. like You're absolutely hilarious. Yeah. So you also do the research, though. So it's really great that you have both sides of it. You give the information to your subscribers, to your followers in a way that's so easy to understand. But that is also just totally funny. So thank you for that. As a follower, I just appreciate it so much. And we also appreciate how honest you're willing to be with the people who follow you and the people on who subscribe to you on YouTube. And a see of people that are honestly trying to put their best foot forward for everyone to see, you're willing to speak up and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. And we know that there were some hard parts of postpartum for you. And we love we love to share the real here. So what did you struggle with postpartum and what helped you through that?
0: Well, first of all, I feel like postpartum people think of as just like that fourth trimester, like the first, I don't know, three, four months or something. And so when you like now I'm a, whatever I said, a year out and I'm struggling now. And I'm like, is this struggling postpartum or is this just something else? Like what it, what's happening right now? And so I think kind of acknowledging that, like, I think maybe you, I don't know. I saw somewhere that postpartum is forever. (laughs) Like You are now a different person with a human as a mother. And I think just, it's all a struggle. So in that initial fourth trimester or whatever, initially right after my daughter was born, it was just a lack of support. So it was COVID. I have, both of my parents are working. So it's not like I have my retired mom that gets to come over and hang out or and my partner's doing like shift work my baby wouldn't take a bottle i just was drowning in all of it and it was gnarly and so i think and 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 just like the change i was just like when are things going to get back to normal and so finally when i accepted things are probably not going to get back to normal. This is the new norm. And I need to kind of figure out how to do this. And then also when I figured out how to make that support for myself with a babysitter and just simple things like that are, are really kind of, cause your brain is so foggy. You're trying to keep this human alive that you feel like you should know how to do, but you're not really sure, but it's really kind of easy, but it's also very difficult. <laughs> you're trying to heal yourself. And so I think basic skills, like how can I help myself? Oh, I should hire someone to come here. Like simple thoughts like that are mind melting. Like, so you have a conversation with your partner and they're like, Well, why don't we get a babysitter? And you're like, Oh my God. Yeah, we should do that. Like, so I think just that. I think giving myself the space to kind of process what I was doing. And yeah, I.
2: Yeah. And that totally makes sense to me because I felt like my dip into motherhood was more of a cannonball. And I just wasn't prepared for everything that came with it. And I was also just putting so much pressure on myself. So I definitely relate to that answer. (laughs) And then you look back and you're like, why didn't I get someone to just come over so that I could work? Like It just... But it, it's a mom is born, too, when a baby is born. And so a lot of us have to work through that struggle to figure out what works for our family. Along the note of being real and being honest, I know that you've talked in the past about how you didn't feel an immediate bond with your daughter, Aaliyah. And I would love if you talked about that a little bit, because I know that there are other women out there listening right now that have had that same experience. And it's something that's really easy to shame yourself about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and you see these videos of these mothers who give birth and then they immediately put these babies to their chest and they're just crying with joy and overwhelm. And I just, <laughs> I look like a deer to headlights. Like, I was just like, Whoa what, first of all, what just happened? Second of all, who is this person? And like, they look weird when they come out because they're swollen and they've just been through the birth canal. And like, I remember the nurses handing her to me and just going, she's going to look different in 24 hours. And I was like, what is that supposed to be? She looked not okay. Like, why are you saying that? So I think immediately I was just like, so confused because you I just like thought during pregnancy, I would just be connecting with her and I would get this like, and I just, yeah, it really. And then once you start breastfeeding, my baby would not take a bottle. So anytime she was fussy, it was always like, maybe she's hungry. And so I was like, this baby doesn't even love me. She just wants to be fed. She just wants my boobs. She just wants my body. Like she doesn't know me as her mother. She, and I just felt this, honestly, we're at a year and we started night weaning. And that was, I mean, I felt love towards her before this, but like, I felt this like deep connection that most people talk about so much sooner a year. I'm at a year because when we were night weaning, I wasn't a boob. I was comforting her and she was falling asleep without nursing to my singing or to my Snuggles or whatever, and I just remembered her snuggling and nuzzling up underneath my neck. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is so beautiful! (laughs) But it's hard because, in the beginning, you just feel like a provider. I did, I did, and so it was difficult for me to like have that connection. And I've heard people even say, Sometimes it's until they say, I love you, or whatever. And I, I say all of this knowing that, of course. I loved my baby the whole time. Like, I feel like I don't need to say all of that, but it was just that connection piece that I was struggling with sometimes.
1: Well, it it's so true, though, because you can feel like a provider. You can feel almost like you're being used. Yeah. Like your body is just a source of life. It, it creates the life. It births the life. And then you're keeping this baby alive for a year or however long. And you can feel really used. So I love that you shared that piece of it too with the bond that you're having now that you are weaning because it's just a huge shout out to the women who choose to not breastfeed or in my circumstance, we can't breastfeed very easily. And there's just so many ways to bond with your baby than just being that boob, (laughs) as you put it so nicely. So thanks for sharing that part of it. And it can really be a tough time to be a mom. And the reason why we love you so much and why we love that you share these things is that you have a very, very public platform. And every decision that we make, especially if we share it publicly, can be questioned. So what are some of these instances that you've run into? And does it make you want to share less? Or Shayla, does this make you feel like you want to be that example of a woman that's willing to stand firm in the decisions that are close to your heart, even if they might not be for everyone?
0: Yes, you're right. It is. You have this audience and you have I feel like sometimes a responsibility to, well, for me it is to show the real, but like bed sharing is my thing that I was like, I am not talking about this, but I had somebody who was like very knowledgeable in this and literally walked me through everything. I was like, I'm going to roll over on her. And she's like, do you roll off your bed? No, you're not going to roll onto your baby. Like if you're not doing drugs, you're not like bubble. And she walked me through the whole thing and I felt so confident and so comfortable with it. And that it was like, this natural thing to do because this baby, and it was partly probably for me, I was just like this, she wouldn't go to sleep unless she was laying on us or laying with us. So I was like, all right, you're going to just stay here in the bed. But I would never say anything about that. I would never talk about it. And I was working with a YouTube coach and he (laughs) was like, well, if you do it, why don't you just share it? And I was like, (sighs) you don't understand. You don't understand. Like this bag of worms that it can open up. But then I was like, you know what? I am going to talk about it because there are a lot of people that are doing it out of the same reason that I was doing it because it's just your baby does better. Some babies do better on their own. Some babies do better bed sharing. So, and I basically just framed the video in, I'm going to help you do it safely if you find yourself doing something that you never thought you would do. And that's kind of how I shared it in this video. But the very long-winded answer of your question is yes, bed sharing was one that I was afraid to share. And when I do things, I typically just do them as like, I am going to stand firm and I am going to be comfortable in my decisions that I make because I do a lot of research on them. But also my whole thing is like, you do you. There's a million ways to do it right. Right. And so if you don't do it the way that I do it, cool. I support you in the way that you do it. And I hope that you can support me in the way I do it.
1: OK, a quick break for our podcast sponsor, which is Picky Bars. Hey, Shayla, if you follow her, you know that she's a little crunchy. She's a little granola. She likes the natural stuff. So this was a perfect ad to put on her podcast episode. I love Picky Bars because I know that it's the right ingredients and I know that's easy. You can grab the bars, you can grab the granola, you can grab the oatmeal on the go, and it's going to fill you up, make you feel great, and you know that there's not a whole lot of the added crap, chemicals, and all the other things that so many of their competitors have. I've just loved adding this into my life. So we hope that you do too, and you can go to pickybars.com backslash herself for 20% off your order of $25 or more. Again, that's pickybars, P-I-C-K-Y-B-A-R-S dot com backslash yourself for 20% off.
2: Yeah. And I have the exact same motto. And when I was raising my little babies, I had a sleep approach that I worked with them on and worked with an expert on. And it's much different than bed sharing and that's okay. But when I would share that, I would get heat for what I was doing. So it's like, there's almost no way to win because no matter what you do in this modern era of everyone having an opinion, especially if it's around a hot topic like sleeping feeding you're going to get heat so it's like my friend would say girl why are you doing that you're playing with fire like you're talking about sleep on your instagram account that's not that's not a way to stay out of stay out of a controversy but i agree i think if more women can be open to the idea of like we're going to make different decisions and shayla choosing something different than me is okay and and i support her in what she's doing At the same time, she's sharing, she respects and supports me. So that's where we want to get to in this world and on this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, everyone's situation is so different. Like if I was leaving
0: the house and having to go to work, maybe I wouldn't do it or maybe I would. And it's like stay-at-home moms, single moms, like everyone is in a different situation. So you can't just blanket statement all of these things. And yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, there's a
1: lot that goes into it. And it's ever changing too. We as our seasons change, our needs change, and we what works well for one baby might be totally different than what works for a different baby. And we want to switch the topic a little bit and focus in on marriage and partnership. Our husbands, my husband Colin and Amy's husband Drew, they were just on last episode. And parenthood and marriage, it's ever changing. And the issues, like I said before, that we faced after our firstborn Lucy. They are way different now that we have three kids. And I would love if you'd open up about some of the bumps in the road that you and Seth personally experienced after Aaliyah joined, and also maybe some tips about where you've grown from there.
0: First of all, yes, 100%. And I actually have had that podcast. I need to listen to it because it's so validating to hear other people's relationships because like we just said in social media, everyone puts their best foot forward whatever we said, that's what it is. (laughs) So it's nice to hear about other people who share that they're struggling because it doesn't mean that everything's a mess. It just means that this time is so difficult. And I even talked to Seth lately. I think I saw it on your Instagram about each child kind of shakes up the marriage and each subsequent child continues to shake it up and that it slowly will get better if you keep working at it. So Seth was like, so we just have to keep moving through it. And I'm like, yeah, we just have to keep moving through it. And he's like, he's the good person at that. He's the person that's like, we just got to keep fighting. And I'm like, but it's so hard. And he's like, we just keep moving. I'm like, okay. But Seth and I are still working at it. And it's, it's so challenging. And honestly, this entire week, I've just like, felt like bursting into tears. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be on this podcast. And who knows, I might just burst into tears. It's just so challenging. And you don't want to resent your partner, but like for me with the breastfeeding, he couldn't do anything. And I knew that I could do it faster. I knew that I could do it better. So I was like, don't worry. I got it. I got it. I got it. And so first of all, that created a situation where I am now responsible for everything because that's how I framed it. And he feels completely disempowered to be able to do anything. And and I tried to explain it to him the other day. I was like, If I do this all day. So this is like my job. So if I came to your job and followed you around and tried to do the things that you do, you would have a better way of doing it. And so that's how I feel is I just have a better way of doing it. But the thing is, is I need to let him figure out his way of doing it. Because he wants to jump in, he wants to get involved. And I'm always just like, you know, if you tap her twice, it's a little bit better if you just tap her once. Like, and I have all these ridiculous things. But I guess all I can say is that it, it is really, really difficult. And it it just takes a lot of constantly trying to come together, constantly trying to have moments of connection and where you both understand each other and where you're both working together and working towards a solution. And, and in my case, empowering Seth to be able to do these things.
2: It's really interesting because I feel like a lot of couples – go through the same set of fights when you're becoming a new parent because that the one you just described is very familiar to me. So it's almost like this rite of passage and you have to keep working through it. And and just by the time you solve that one, there's probably something else coming on the horizon. But Abby and I really also love to share the positive side of partnership because we are not a podcast that bashes partners or bashes men. We love our partners as I know you do, Seth. So I wanted to take one question to ask about how Seth supports you, because I know that you're doing a lot of things. How does he support you in your career and in your personal life?
0: So this is something that we're we're still working on because it's me. I am like, he wants to help with everything. When I get upset, he's like, Shay, just tell me what to do to make you happy. Please. I will do anything. I will help you with anything. And I'm like, I don't know how to ask him for help. I don't know how to accept his help. It's hard though, because you're like, you're frustrated, but you don't even know what you need because you can't, I just don't even know how to help him, And it's not that I don't have a unsupportive partner because I do. And so he, (laughs) the best way that he helps me is just listening to what I, when I'm ranting. And then when I ask him for advice, like, cause sometimes we just need to let it off of our chest and then be like, Whoa, all right. Glad that's gone. (laughs) And not necessarily fix it. But sometimes I'm like, okay, Seth, I'm ready. I'm ready. I've had, I'm up to here. I don't know what to do. I'm such a helicopter parent that I like daycare gives me anxiety. So how, and he's like, okay, well it was the babysitter. Let's get a babysitter. Okay. Let's get a babysitter for longer. Like, and he's always trying to help me And then he'll come home and be like, all right, I've got laundry going downstairs. I got the dishes done here. Are you going to go? Okay, you go work. But then when we finally have a moment that I can work and he can watch Aaliyah, I just want to hang out with him because I miss him. I haven't seen him for a while. And so it's just this. Uh, And then he's like, Shay, but you need to leave and go work. I'm like, I know, but I just want to hang out with you and chill. (laughs) So we're still, I don't even, I mean, Seth is fantastic. He's great support, but we're still working on all of it.
1: Shayla, I feel like you and me had the exact same stuff going on in our heads, especially the partnership stuff when – after your first, you feel like you have it under control. You feel like you know what that baby wants. You feel like you're with her all the time. And then when somebody else steps in, you're like, I don't even know how to hand this off. I don't even know what to ask for first. I had that exact same conversation going over in my mind. And the only thing that fixed it, and I know everyone has a different journey with this, but the only thing that fixed it was having a second child. (laughs) And with our second, I finally was like, you know, I can't do all this. There's no way I can do all of this. And all of a sudden the delegation and the ways other people could help, they just started chiming in and it made it a lot easier, but it did take a long time. So total solidarity there on that one. Um, I think a lot of first-time parents or even just parents in general are nodding their heads with that one.
0: That honestly makes me feel so good because we want to have more children and some days I don't because I'm too afraid of it. But That makes sense. I have a friend who's like, yeah, my first kid would have lived in bubble wrap if it wasn't for my second. (laughs) That honestly, like, relieves so much of my thank you for saying
1: that. Yeah, just solidarity. I I felt (laughs) all those things. So (laughs) and the third kid now I'm like, hey, anybody else want to help? Open here, Craigslist, whatever, whatever. Facebook marketplace. Come on over.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you walking down the street. You like kids?
1: (laughs) (laughs) They look nice. They look nice.
2: A quick break to bring you a message from our sponsor, BetterHelp. As we're talking about in this episode, motherhood can be very hard. It can be lonely. And sometimes we feel like we need to do it alone or make it through these difficult challenges by ourselves. Figure it out. That's not true. Getting help from a licensed professional can make your transition into motherhood a lot smoother because they're going to ask you the right questions and figure out how to support you in the best way possible. So we want you guys to know that BetterHelp, one of our longtime sponsors of the podcast, is available. Even in the times where you can't leave home, maybe you're going to do a session while your baby takes a nap. You can use our link to get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com backslash herself. That's better betterhelp.com backslash herself to join the over 1 million people getting help with BetterHelp.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. So don't unfollow us or anything. We know you love YouTube, but we don't use it very much. And we know that that's your biggest platform. You have over 100,000 subscribers. So share why you love YouTube and also what got you into it. I'm really interested in that part.
0: Okay. I will not unfollow. I also (laughs) don't use YouTube that much. Fun fact. I hardly... And I don't watch very much YouTube or like I'm not on it very often at all, and I don't know if that has helped me or if that has hurt me. Like, I really don't look up that much stuff unless I'm like trying to fix something or whatever. So, I think it has helped me because I haven't done a lot of comparing and I've just kind of like come up with my own stuff and then just analyzed my own content. But anyway, I got started tr- when I was traveling. So in 2015, I. St- just started traveling. It's a really long story for another time, but I was doing it and my friends were like, you should start a blog. And I was like, I don't like writing. So no. And then somebody's like, well, why don't you make videos? was like I can maybe make videos. So I start, I literally just started making videos and I committed to every Wednesday. And so it was, "Hey guys, I make these videos every Wednesday. And, and I just, was so consistent with it and just kept doing it and then saw what worked and what didn't work and I got real nerdy about the analytics and just figuring out why certain videos hit and why certain videos didn't and I think it's great for businesses and it's great I just I really do geek out about it I think it's pretty pretty great cuz it's a search engine so if you're trying to create something or you're trying to share information or whatever you can you can optimize it and whatever so I've really enjoyed making videos because I don't like writing. So even now I have hired an intern who will take my videos and turn them into blogs. And I am like, I'll pay you triple the amount. This is the most amazing thing. I love that you can do this and that I can kind of tweak them. And then it's now in written form and this is awesome. So yeah, so I was doing it traveling. This is how my mind works too. I I just talk. And so it's, it's- a journey. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, come along. <laughs> so I was doing travel videos. And then once I was pregnant, I switched to talking about pregnancy. And my channel was previously called Living on a One Way. And that just didn't feel relevant anymore. And so I went to Hey Shayla and it was just a fit. And it was, I think, just the natural hippie ways of traveling kind of transitioned into motherhood. And then my thirst for knowledge and novelty, I was not getting when COVID happened and when I had my baby. And so I kind of dove into information and seeing how different cultures do things or how I can do hypnobirthing for labor, how I can have a Montessori home or whatever. And so then I started d- diving into that, which then led me to sharing everything that I was finding. And yeah, that's kind of the whole.
2: You know, as a content creator myself, that answer really made sense to me because I think on Instagram, what you can get into is you're seeing what everyone else is doing and then you can get inspired by that, but then your content isn't you anymore. It's like this version of you that's trying to fit into what everyone else is doing, but you staying true to who you are on YouTube and not looking for inspiration, but but figuring out what you want in your videos, it makes sense to me why you're so successful over there. And in preparation for this interview, I did watch several of your YouTube videos and they were such a hoot. You combined this lighthearted feel with a funny energy. And then you did also cover some topics that don't get that much light. So one thing that came to mind when I was watching is how do you and Seth navigate what you will share online and what you'll keep for yourself? Is there ever a disconnect between the two of you? Because I know that this is one thing that Drew and I have had some disconnects over time and we've kind of had to figure out what we're both comfortable with.
0: Uh, Yeah, Seth is a very private person and I will tell you like, oh my gosh, I'm 13 months postpartum I haven't had my period yet. What's your name again? Like I am just (laughs) an oversharer because I just think it's a way to connect with people. But some Seth is like, sometimes, But sometimes it's too much. Shay. And I'm like, Oh, really? Is that? So 100% we've had this discussion. And essentially what we've come to is it's not going to ever be the Aaliyah, the Aaliyah channel or my daughter's channel. It's never going to be, what is she up to today? Like even day in the life videos, which I've dabbled in, have a lot of her. And it's like, borderline what we're comfortable with. So I really try to have it focus on moms and like what we're going through and the decisions that we're making and trying to keep her face off of thumbnails. And I don't know. And every once in a while we'll kind of like reassess and he'll be like, okay, so I've been seeing Aliyah's face a lot, a lot on your Instagram feed or whatever. And, and I'm open to that conversation because I, it's a hard thing in this time of social media where it's starting and these babies are growing up in it because they're like, you don't know what your baby's going to want in the future and all these things. And you don't obviously want to do anything that's going to be negatively impacting them. So it has been something that we've been navigating and that's, that's just kind of what we've come to is like, try it. Cause I think about Kat and Nat, the two women who do all the mom things. Like I don't follow them that closely, but I have no idea if they have, Daughters or sons or how many or how old they they really focus on their experience more than just like highlighting their children and I think that that's that's kind of the approach that I've gone with.
1: Well, and it sounds like you guys are doing a good job of reassessing as you go along too because yeah, right now Aaliyah can't say, "Hey, mom, take my face off of there. I don't want I don't want my mug on there." But in five years, like where Amy and I have kids who are five years old right now, they do have a little bit more of an opinion and just reassessing as you go and being on the same page. So everyone's answer for this one might look a little bit different. Everyone's content creation might look a little bit different, but it is good that you guys continue to be on the same page with that one. I'm learning so much more about you just in this interview. I've followed you for a long time. And I love one of the things you said in this interview was that your hippie ways of travel was what transitioned into parenthood. And since you and I both have babies who were born during the pandemic, there, that was a big transition there, period. But the hippie ways of travel, it's just it's fun to see how your life can change, but how those key pieces of you and your personality are still being brought into parenthood. And like me, I know that you like to keep things natural. We both did the hypnobirthing. We both do cloth diapers. But is there anything that you've tried that you're like, uh, no, not doing this, can't do this, never again?
0: <laughs> I guess the first thing that comes to mind, I didn't even dabble. It was the placenta. Like People were like, are you going to enca- encapsulate the placenta? Are you going to eat the placenta? And I, I –
2: Honestly, Abby, Abby brought a fork and a knife and she just chowed that baby down. <laughs> Not totally true, but I remember watching your YouTube on that. Hey,
1: Shayla. And you like, you're like, I looked at it. I looked at it and then you ended it there. I'm like, wait, there's no placenta encapsulation. There's no, come on, give me some more meat to this one. For wow. listeners, I did eat mine. Hey, Shayla, with what about in you? Pills. In right. pills, in pills. Not with a fork and a knife, Amy. Come on. <laughs>
0: You, I wish that this had been video because when he, she just said that, my, my jaw dropped. I was like, oh my gosh. No. Well, honestly, I think I was just so unsure about it that I didn't even, I think if somebody had like talked to me and been like, oh no, this is, this is what it can do for you. I would have considered it, but I was just like, I'm good. Do you feel like it
1: helped you? Well, since I did it with all three, I don't really have a sample set to compare it against, I guess. But the research that I looked into, some of it was like now total placebo effect. And I'm like, hey, if it's a placebo effect and it actually works, game on. Um, I do still have probably like 30 of them. I had an exceptionally large placenta with Owen, for those of you wondering. No, no one's wondering. But um, I kept a whole bunch of them because people kept on saying, you can use it in menopause. You can use it in menopause to help you feel better. But what I noticed is that with so many fluxes right now, with like hormone changes, on the days that I do take it, I definitely
0: do have a little bit more energy.
1: But again, could
0: be a placebo effect, but I'm feeling the energy wild well and that's that's so I when I said I could burst into tears at any moment because we night weaned and literally oh my gosh you guys one day I was just well the other day and then a week ago like I was just sobbing like Aliyah's looking at me like are you okay and I'm like
2: I'm not and I'm she's like mom it's not that serious we're (laughs) We're okay
0: (laughs) like a 30 minute nap what (laughs) losing it and but even more than that, just everything was off. And then I looked it up and it was like, night weaning can just like, just wreak havoc on your hormones. So maybe, maybe I should have. Yeah.
2: A hundred percent. I think what's going to happen after this is Shayla and Abby are going to discuss it and Shayla's placenta will definitely be encapsulated the next time. But I was going to say too, after I weaned Cole, I definitely like my mood was totally affected. I don't, I don't hear a lot of people talking about that. So I like that you brought that up because I think that it's something that a lot of people go through. And for me, I was really kind of excited to be done breastfeeding. It had been such a journey, but it hit me in a way that I wasn't expecting.
0: No, you shared on Expecting Empowered, you shared somebody, I can't remember what it was, but it was their weaning process. And they mentioned that you could have this hormone fluctuation and that's what caused me to look it up. And that was it. And it's, I think it's oxytocin and Pitocin. I don't remember, but one of them is called the well-being hormone. And I was like, yup. <laughs> like I'm not okay. And so yeah. that was really nice to just have that for reference. And even when I shared it, I got tons of messages that were like, oh my gosh, exactly. Like, I just don't think people are
2: Right. And we're all living such a fast paced life, you know, chasing around these kids that you don't stop and think like, okay, why is my mood so affected? You kind of just keep on going. So yeah, I think that's oxybutyn. And I think Carrie Lochner is the person that shares about it. But Shayla, I have to say it has been such a pleasure to interview you and get to know you a little bit better. So for our listeners, please tell them where they can find more of you.
0: Hey Shayla on all the things. Uh, Hey Shayla on YouTube and Hey Shayla on Instagram. And then my blog, (laughs) heyshayla.com.
1: You make it so easy. So definitely go over there and subscribe, especially on YouTube. You do some really fun stuff over there. Even if it's not a lot, the content you put into this world oh, it's just, it's so funny. And as a reminder for our listeners or people who are listening to this right now, if you've not subscribed, hit that button because it's a way that it comes into your inbox every single Monday. You won't miss any episodes and you can hear more from people just like Shayla. Thanks again.